fighting for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they like to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it and they don't like that. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hold on a second. My computer's not wanting to work here. Start working. Don't you love that? You get ready for a national broadcast and your computer just freezes. Well, it's not because it's really frozen. It's because there's a lot of tabs open on the web browser because there's a lot of stuff going on. And then, of course, with these news outlets, they always have to have a video automatically start, which just makes it all the more complicated. Good golly. Hey, it's a pre-Friday celebration. We're almost towards the end of the week. You can almost taste it. Welcome into the show. It's The Voice of Reason. I am Andy Hoosier, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station all over the country, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. No matter where you're at watching or listening, we appreciate you, your millennial general, reporting for duty like we do every single day. It sounds like... We could be getting closer to, and I'm not saying this in a good fashion, like I'm excited about it, but in any way, shape, or form, but it sounds like we could be getting closer to a federal budget deal. I, I know, I know. But at the same time, Joe Manchin throwing that wrench in the system, maybe delaying that process a little bit. It's going to happen. Are you kidding me? One Democrat, couple Democrats are going to balk at this and it's going to disrupt the entire process. You don't understand how the Democrat Party works at the federal level. They are in st- they are in step with each other. At least they're supposed to be. Except for the, you know, the massive civil war going on between the crazy left-wing progressive hacks and the moderate Democrats that are really the same thing. They just want to do it in a lighter, nicer fashion to make it look like they're not quite as crazy left-wing uh, people in Washington, D.C. We'll get to all that here in just a minute. Welcome into the show. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting. Find us on the live stream, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Twitter, twitch.tv. Also the Instagram, the TikTok, ourfreedombook.com, and of course the website at hoosierreason.com. I don't want to waste any time as our guest today right off the bat as we move to, uh, you know, we've been talking to candidates all over the country. Congressional candidates, governor candidates, attorney general candidates, and we've m- talked about the importance of the general attorney's or the attorney generals in each state. So we're going to swing over to the eastern coast and go to New York as we talk to the latest in What's Trending. What's Trending Today. And super excited to have on the program with us today as we just chatted, I just chatted with him just a couple of days ago with their podcast, To the Point, with Krisha and Michael. He's also the Republican candidate running for attorney general for the state of New York. Excited to have on the program here with us, Mr. Michael Henry. Mike, how are you, my friend? Hey, doing good. You're, you're breaking up a little bit. You sound a little distant there, just to, as a heads up. It's good to have you on the program. And first off, I got I to gotta say, I appreciate being able to jump on the podcast with you and Krisha. That was a lot of fun a couple of days ago. But the, state of, yeah, the, the state, state of New York, you guys are uh, uh, in a mess right now with this COVID stuff. Are things getting a little better out there? Are things starting to open up a bit? Uh, things are starting to open up a little bit. You're starting to see a bit of a backlash from people that are just really kind of fed up uh, with, with all the mandates, the, the requirements that are going on. People were told to get vaccinated. People went out and got vaccinated. Now you have um, this situation where they're just, you know, going into the overregulation aspect of it, I, I would say. Yeah. And you're starting to see pushback and, and people just getting really tired because, you know, it, it's not only an issue of protecting the public. It's an issue, you know, protecting them from COVID. It's an issue of you're really starting to cripple small businesses. 
And people are starting to lose their jobs, their livelihood, and it's really having an economic impact on the city. And I, I think you're, you're starting to see people say, you know, enough's enough. Also, I think what was different in New York than a lot of other states is we had massive deaths from the COVID crisis, and it was government mismanagement. <laughs> and I think people don't have good faith in the government. And I think you're starting to see a bit of a, a backlash here, even in New York City, which is considered very liberal, where people are just saying, you know what, enough's enough. Yeah, I can imagine. People are finally sick of it. I mean, it's been handled, at least from what I've read outside of that area in New York and New York City, especially it's the COVID pandemic's been handled terribly with Governor Cuomo. Thank God he's out. I don't know if the replacement's any better or not, but at least he's out. We had the, you know, putting sick people in nursing homes, all the litigation with locking people down. We've talked to uh, individuals running for city council there for New York City. Uh, that have been trying to fight some of the COVID pandemic stuff. And I'm assuming now, and we can talk more about this with the run for attorney general, but on the legal side of this, are you anticipating seeing a heck of a lot of businesses, small businesses, individuals trying to sue the city or trying to sue the state based on some of these mandates that have shut them down and possibly put them out of business? Yes. Uh, actually, to, to, before I go into that, one other thing, not only did New York City put people, uh, New York State put people in the nursing homes, Governor Cuomo changed the liability laws right around the same time. Of course. So now people don't really have the ability to go back and, and, and get justice in a lot of ways. Uh, now, back to what's going on. Yes, I, I, it's starting to happen, uh, but that could also be counterproductive because what happens is you have so many people start to file lawsuits. You have a lot of people doing it to get notoriety, to make a name for themselves. And then what happens is you start to kind of clog the courts. And it really becomes an issue. I think that one thing that Democrats do very well in contrast to Republicans is they organize, they have their go-to attorneys, they have their set strategy, and they focus on what they're trying to get done. Uh, what you're going to see here, I think, is just too many people that are going to start. You know, a lot of times what happens is people start grandstanding and they're not writing good legal paper. And that's a concern of mine. Uh, but yes, you're going to have these lawsuits. Um, so far, some of them haven't been too successful. And, and, you know, I think that the issue is uh, knowing how to navigate it. And I think that the best argument you can make is actually um, the argument about uh, people's health, right? Like if somebody's already had COVID and the antibodies are supposed to be stronger than the vaccine, then why should, why should they have to go through this? Or the issue of if you have an autoimmune uh, issue and you get vaccinated, you could, literally, you could possibly die because you're going to get sick. And I think the health angle, even more so than the religious angle right now, because the courts don't seem to respect religion like they used to, um, would be the the way for people to fight this. But there, you know, there's been there hasn't been that much success so far, which is troubling to me. But I also think you know you're gonna at some point um, get a case up to the Supreme Court, like you did with the Indiana case. And I, I think what will eventually possibly come out is them saying, you know, you could have this mandate, but you need to have exemptions. Yeah. And I think with the, um, you know, the Indiana University case, you saw Judge Barrett he kind of said there's so many exemptions in this that basically, you know, you, you could get out of it if you want to. I, I think that maybe they'll, they'll come to some angle at some point where there'll be, um, you know, some kind of uh, law that's passed where they allow mandates. But then there's so many exemptions that basically anybody could get out of it. But I, I think that putting too much faith, in, faith into the courts is a dangerous thing, as we've seen over uh you know, in the recent years. So um, I just hope that people um, focus their arguments properly and, and make right good legal paper instead of everybody just, you know, coming in, writing crazy lawsuits. And, and you know, I, I read them, I follow them, and, and some of these lawsuits are a little wacky, just the, the way they're writing them and things people are arguing. So I, I just um, at one point hope that there's a, um, you know, somebody steps up, writes some good legal paper, and this starts to move through the courts instead of these uh 
cases getting getting either dismissed or the order to show cause whether trying to get injunctions um, stop getting denied and dismissed. Yeah, amen to that. And as you mentioned, I mean, you brought it up perfectly, is that there's a there's a happy balance between taking things to court but then overburdening the judicial system and giving them all the power to make all of these decisions. And, right. and is, if we can find the loopholes within it and saying that we have this exemption, we have that exemption, we can essentially make it null and void. But there's really two ways to us to fight it. And that either is taking it to the court or just not complying, which, you know, I know a lot of people are discussing doing as well. Running for attorney general. Talk about how important this position is, not only for New York, but for every attorney general in the in the entire nation where we could try and block some of the federal mandates. We can try and bring some of the power back and try and stall some of these laws at the federal level to where we can't actually just go along with it blindly. Right. Well, one of the things that, and, and just to go back in New York City, for example, their mandate is not actually being enforced by law enforcement. It's being enforced by the Department of Health. Uh, and that's tough because it could put people out of business, right? Yeah. If you get so many fines or points, you lose your A rating, then you go to a B rating. And then by the time you get, you lose that B rating, you're going out of business, right? So the health, Department of Health is fining people and it's crippling the businesses. Now, as attorney general, um, the, the best thing, I, the best advice I could really give people, and this is what I say on the campaign trail, right, is you re, people in the Republican side, for example, need to really start getting more engaged at local elections, yeah. because a lot of this, these laws and these people that are passing these laws are local politicians, whether they're mayors, city councils, county legislators, state senate, uh, state senators, and I think Democrats in instance, you're starting to see how like a Democratic local like treat a race for dog catcher, like a Republican treat a race for governor. I think that people start to, one, need to be getting more engaged at the local level. That's number one. And number two, how, how could attorney generals um, you know, handle this? In, in New York State, your jobs to represent the people of the state of New York. But obviously, if there's, there's laws in place, um, you're supposed to you know, fight on behalf of the state. So I would need to have a Republican governor and then you know, uh, fight, you know, side with them to try and get these laws changed and, and you know, try not to enforce, obviously, because it seems like a lot of attorney generals around the country now don't don't even enforce the laws they don't want to the other thing i think that's very important is you have a bully pulpit right where you could use that bully pulpit to push for change and that's really where it comes in because in new york people always think attorney general crime fighter in new york our strengths actually on the civil side and your job is to represent the people of new york and the state of new york the problem is if there's bad laws written you, you, you can't really go against them, right? If there's bad laws that are passed, what you need is for people to start changing these laws at the local levels, and, and then you're not handcuffed in the, how you have to represent the state. Yeah, amen to that. We're talking with Michael Henry, Republican candidate for attorney general for the state of New York. Find him on the Tweety, at Michael Henry, the number 4AG. That's Michael Henry, the number 4AG. Also, the personal one, Michael Henry 123 you can find online as well. Uh, talk about, and we got just a few minutes left here before we have to kind of wrap up, but yeah. talk about touring across the state. Are you hearing... Is this the number one issue that you're hearing from people with concerns about from the attorney general's office? And if it is, are you hearing a difference of opinion between, say, New York City, super congested, super conglomerate area and some of the rural parts of the state? Or is it really the same point of just let us do our thing and leave us alone? Well, right. New York is pretty diverse. I think as you travel the state, there's certain issues that affect the whole state. Uh, The COVID nursing home crisis, crime, uh, opioids. And then at the local levels, like if you go upstate, you know, Second Amendment's very important. And yes, they're very uh, concerned with the mandates because there's counties upstate that really never had a lot of issues with COVID, right? So there's very low numbers and, and they're concerned um, with the mandates. 
Also, uh, when you're in the city, there is a little bit of the rebellious side, I think, that is just kind of tired of this. So you start to see people that in the city, um, you know, you're starting to see people that you probably wouldn't think would would be, you know, getting mad at, at, at Democrat leadership. But you are seeing it in the city. I think upstate, they're much more passionate about it. Um, but you're starting to see a groundswell at the at the local level, especially in the outer boroughs. Like I think people don't understand like Manhattan is like this hub of liberalism. But then you go to a place like Staten Island or certain neighborhoods or Queens or Queens and Brooklyn. People are registered Democrat there, or, but they're really like they're more moderate, some even conservative. So you, it's a diverse state. Um, but yeah, it, it really is an issue, especially upstate, and, and people are just really tired tired of um, the lockdowns, the businesses being crippled, and it's really an economic issue. It's really just destroying businesses. Businesses are being overregulated. The other thing is, you know, people can say get back to work, but if you work in in a restaurant, if you work as a bartender and you can't fit twenty, you can't get twenty five to fifty percent capacity, how do you make a living? Yeah. These are the issues that the people are facing. It's really economics. And, and yeah, you're, you're right. They're, they're just a big um, push right now. I think of people just saying enough's enough. Like we, we got to fix this. The other thing I get from everyone, and this is even in the most liberal areas, people are very mad about the open borders because they feel like mm. you're asking us to comply. Yet yeah. You're not testing people that are coming off over the border. So that's another issue. That even in the liberal areas, people are really upset. People about. are concerned. Man, you got a diverse area to try and talk to and trying to please a lot of people. So I, I don't envy you on that right. front. Michael Henry, Attorney General, uh, candidate for the state of New York. Find him online, Michael Henry for AG on Tweety. Michael, we appreciate it, my friend. Let's get you back on again soon. Thank you very much, Andy. Okay. Hey, appreciate it. Lots more coming up on the Voice Reason Series. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with the Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program, and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great Republic. 
You're listening to the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Man, I was thinking over the break, I don't envy that guy at all. I give him massive props for running for attorney general in the state of New York, and I think it's possible. It is possible. I wouldn't have said that maybe a couple of years ago, but the fact that we have a uniting force here, I think it's possible for him. Again, you can find him, Michael Henry, uh, four, the number four AG, Republican candidate for attorney general in the state of New York. Imagine, if you will, and this is the difficulty of running a statewide campaign for an office that is so diverse in that state. New York, I've never been to New York. I'll be the first to admit it. I want to go. I don't want to go to New York City right now, but I want to go to New York. And imagine, if you will, you have this massive city, one of the largest cities in the world, the heart, the heart and beat and soul of America is what some say, the middle of the country, kind of. I mean, it's the uh, the centerpiece, the heartbeat of America is what they like to call this, the Big Apple, whatever you want to call it. It's massive. Then you have the state that has the rest of it that's all rural, and the most of it's conservative, many of it's Republican, and then you have this one metropolitan area that's like completely Democrat and completely wins over the entire state. This is why I've advocated for a really, really long time for statewide electoral colleges. We have the electoral college at the national level. We need to do that at statewide levels as well across the nation for every state based on statewide elections, whether it's the attorney general or the governor or secretary of state or any type of statewide office like that. Obviously, you do it with the state representatives, don't you? You have your nice little district and you have it broken up and then you do your vote based on the popularity of that one little district. The the states need to do that for statewide elections. Because imagine, if you will, running for, let's just use that for an example, attorney general. And you go to New York City and you go to a rally and someone says, you know what? I want you as attorney general to uh, support the Biden administration. I want you to block all efforts from the state legislature to hinder the Biden administration. This is one of the AOC here types. I want you to force all the businesses to go down the road of Green New Deal. I want you to force businesses to go down the road of abiding by all these ridiculous, absurd mandates over the private industry for vaccines. I want you to force more, uh, whatever, whatever the issue is. Then you go outside of the city and you talk to a rural community and they say, I want you to protect my Second Amendment rights. And you're like, you know what? All right. I just came from a rally in New York City that said, I don't want any guns in this state. We need to ban them. And I want you to go after gun manufacturers that are in the state of New York. And that's one crowd. Then you got the other crowd saying, please protect my Second Amendment. I have the right to carry in my firearm. I have the right to carry this gun. Please don't take that away from me. What do you do as attorney general? That's why you can't get anybody solidly conservative. I mean, Michael sounds like he obviously is a great guy. I chatted with him on their podcast. Again, you can find them uh, to the point, T-W-O, to the point with Krisha and Michael. And uh, as, as he's not only on the air talking about these issues, but then also running for attorney general to try and find the middle ground between that. How do you do that? It really does kind of fit into the realm of you can't please everybody. So uh, what do you do? I'm, I'm assuming, again, never been there, assuming that you most likely campaign in New York City because that's the largest voting base and you try to appeal to them as opposed to the rural communities. If you go to the rural communities, that's great, but are you going to be able to win the election? But there is one uniting factor. So for a guy who's never been to New York City, for a guy who's just sitting on the outside looking in, there is one uniting factor right now, and that is people from within the city and that is people from the outskirts as well in the rural communities across that state of New York focus on the COVID mandates.
because business owners, whether within the city limits or outside of those city limits, want to be open to make a living, to provide for their families, to be able to hire people on again, to get people back into the workforce, to get the economy trucking again internal inside the city and outside of the city both of them want that and if you can find that one uniting factor the stars may have just aligned along with the hatred for the democrat party right now with andrew cuomo and bill de blasio and all these other idiots that are out in new york i apologize sorry not sorry uh with all these other ridiculous absurd people in in new york trying to take it as far left as they can i think the pendulum's about to swing and if we could get a solid conservative attorney general in new york oh ho Imagine what that's going to do to rally the troops around the rest of the country for other attorney generals, for other state legislatures, for other people to say there's a chance we can stop this madness and we can do it starting that's heading off in New York City. I love it. Come on, let's do it. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Oh, the show goes by way too fast. Halfway through the program already. Welcome into a pre-Friday celebration. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that 5-pound bag. Trying to do the thing like we do every single day. Thanks for hanging out with us. You can find us on our social media with the handle at Hoosier Reason. On the website at HoosierReason.com. Our live streaming, our podcasting. Today is the last day of podcasting. Still killing it. Still doing it all over. Appreciate that very much. Uh, I'll look at the numbers when we send out the newsletter, which the newsletter comes out on Monday. If you have not signed up for that, it is completely free. You can go to the website at HoosierReason.com, H-O-O-S-E-R Reason.com, and you can sign up when it pops up says, do you want to become a Hoosier-holic? You say, yeah, buddy. Sign up, put in your email address, no spam. We'll just send you a welcome email and then a monthly newsletter with our blog, our topical issues of the month. We'll talk about some guests we've had on the program. We'll talk about some civic holidays for the upcoming month and have some fun. We also give you the podcast numbers, which is awesome because we have hit 50 states this year this month by itself just this month and we are about to ready to break another record depending on how many downloads we have uh tonight for the wrapping up of the month so that's amazing that's awesome thank you for that i always love it i always appreciate you breaking records every single day every single month and new places before we'd hit like 47 48 states this month we did hit 50 states and the number of downloads and users individual users from each state continues to grow every month so thank you for that that's amazing. There's a few issues I want to get to. Don't know if we're going to get to all of it today, but we'll sure try as we get into what's trending for the day. 
What's trending today? So as you know, there's still a crisis going on down at the southern border. It gets worse every day. And while we continue to try to talk to Washington, D.C. and the Jen Psaki and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris about this issue, they seem to kind of blow it off and be like, oh, we're totally following protocol. We're totally turning people away. But yet we just let in like 30,000 people, whatever it was, 40,000 people come across the border, walk onto the bridges, walk across our border. Now we have... Apparently, according to Fox News and their headline earlier today, is that now there's nearly 85,000 additional Haitians coming from Panama working their way up to the United States. Now, here's the crazy part about this. And I have a new theory because I like to relate things back to the private sector, don't we? I mean, that's the private sector is kind of where it's at. That's how we have competition. That's how we grow. That's how we excel is the private sector. Government doesn't do that. They kill all those things. They are the killers. They are the succubi. They are the virus that festers upon the healthy living organisms and kills them off before they move on. That is socialism. That is the left-wing progressive policy. And that is bloated government as a whole. Unfortunately, the balance of the universe with the yin and the yang, we need government as a necessary evil. We just have to keep it at bay and keep it down. But we don't seem to do very good at doing that. But nonetheless, I'm going to use that argument in just a second. So hold on here. Hold that thought for just a second. The headline today, Panama warns of uh, warns of looming Haitian migrant wave with tens of thousands on the way. 85,000 illegal immigrants on their way as quote-unquote refugees, fill in the word of whatever is acceptable on the progressive end of the scale today, 85,000 Haitians are crossing through Panama as they believe, quote, that they are all heading towards the U.S. Now, a few questions pop up to me. Number one, if Panama is aware of them traveling through their country and coming to the U.S., thanks for the heads up, Panama. Maybe you could have helped us out a little bit. For those that don't know, Panama is kind of narrow. For those that don't know, Panama is kind of that portion between Central America there and, you know, the, the nice little gateway where you could probably block off and say, sorry, you're not allowed to pass here. I don't know why they wouldn't do that, but instead of just being like making a phone call saying, uh, Mr. President, yeah, you got a big 85,000 herd of individuals coming across our borders, probably headed up to you right now. Thanks. Thanks for the heads up. Now, what are we going to do about it? Probably nothing because we can't do anything right now. I mean, we solved the major issue of apparently banning horses at the border for ICE officials not allowed to ride horses when they try to stop individuals. So that was the major problem. To hell with the thousands upon thousands upon thousands of illegal immigrants just flooding into our border. We're just like, all right, here's a court date. Hopefully you show up and we'll see you. If not, we'll spend the next 10 years hoping that we just randomly come across you. And when we do randomly come across you, then we have to do a catch and release because it's racist if you actually catch somebody illegally and turn them over to ICE. How dare you do that? You're not allowed to. So essentially, welcome to the U.S. of A. And they know that, which is why they're traveling through Panama all the way up. Instead of going straight to Florida, now they're going to Texas because Texas isn't even allowed to try and enforce the high mountainy regions with the horses because that would be bad and because we solved the issue of treating people poorly, I guess. I don't know. So I don't know what we're going to do about it, but thanks for the call, Foreign Minister Erica Munez, of allowing us the knowledge of knowing 85,000 Haitians are on the way to the border. I'm assuming they'll get here within the next month or so, depending on how long it takes and how the cartels are shipping them up this way, probably with a gift certificate saying, here, here's a free train ride with you right on top of the train all the way through up and you can actually make this happen.
that's where we're at today. Honestly, that's where we're at. 85,000 Haitians back on the way up after just allowing 30,000 to come across our border illegally as we speak right now. We're turning some away. You turned like one every 50 away. Give me a break. But I have a new theory about this. Why is the country so bad? So bad. Now, I understand they went through an earthquake. Obviously, they're going through some turmoil. Aid should be there. We could do some, you know, relief, go down and do some recovery. We've done that. And I'm not talking about like the Danny Glover relief where he calls on the radio show as a celebrity and says he's going to donate some money because he's tired of the hur- or tired of the earthquakes that are caused by climate change. I'm not, I'm not talking about that kind of relief. I'm talking about actual relief. We send down people. We help rebuild. We help fix their country. And we make them want to stay. But there are two options. I know they're far-fetched, but there's two options we could approach this with, isn't there? Number one, we could finally just take over the country and make it a U.S. state to where they'd want to say and be like, you're already part of the U.S. Welcome aboard. Now, we're not a uh, it's a, we're not a colonialist nation, although some on the other side wrongly say that we are. We're not colonists. We don't try to go and colonialize other nations and try and take over their land. If you notice, we've been involved in other nations for years now with military overseas. We haven't taken a single bit of land except for an embassy to where we can at least have a stronghold there. Other than that, we haven't done anything of like, we're going to take over Russia. It doesn't happen. But we could take over Haiti and just make it a part of the U.S. Then we could, I mean, come on, if we did that, then they'd already be getting our social programs, right? They'd already get our social services that we'd provide, and they could just stay there. And I'm not, doesn't make any sense. I'm being sarcastic, by the way. For those wondering, Andy's really, are you really trying to say that Haiti should be part of the U.S.? No, I'm not. It's a joke. It's a satire bit because that's how absurd we are. I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to actually promote this because the other option that we could do which would be a little bit more realistic would be actual competition how pathetic do you have to be as a leader of a country when half your population wants to leave illegally travel to another country break into that country illegally and say i'm staying here because there's no way in hell that i'm coming back to the place that you run there's got to be an ego check there, doesn't there? Because if you're a leader of a country, especially with one like that, then you probably have a bit of an ego to where you're trying to flex your muscles and talk about how awesome you are. It's all about the power. It's all about the control. That's why these people are poor. They're destitute. They have no resources. They can't start businesses. They have no money and they want to leave. They have no health care coverage. They want to get somewhere better. The problem is, though, the United States cannot handle just random people walking across our border with no type of filtration, with no type of system to say, you know what, you can come in, you can't come in. Are you checked for medicine and type of viruses and illnesses? Do you actually have a plan? Are you just going to sit on the government dole? What's your strategy when you get here? That's got to be an ego check for someone who wants to be a tyrant in a small little nation. So competition's always the best way, isn't it? You start competing a little bit, rubbing it in their nose a little bit, maybe they'd want to fix their own country. And I would rather give them a little assistance to actually fix that as opposed to just saying, come on down. But either way, that's not going to happen. Taking over the country would just be easiest, although that would obviously raise the social program system there and all the relief that would be sent to there just to make that happen. It's kind of like uh, the Puerto Rico that we have is not a state, but it's kind of a territory for the U.S. How much money goes there? They're still struggling. But the left would love it. The left would love being able to take over another nation and be like, oh, okay. They call us the colonialists where they're like, you know what? Let's just go ahead and just bring them in, make them a 51st state of the, of the United States, and then we could just take care of them under our social programs. That's what they would love. 
And I'm using that as a satire a bit because that would be stupid to do. But that's where the mindset is. I don't know what they would try and propose nowadays. But let's create a little bit of competition. Let's take a little jab at them. Let's try and jab at their ego, especially the officials, and say, look, stop your people coming up here because apparently you're a pathetic uh, tyrant that doesn't know how to actually run your own country. What do you need to make people happy here? Or you do what we've done for other nations as we go in and just change the governmental system. And it's not just us, by the way. Don't say that America's evil because we're the only ones doing this. That's not the case. We have Russia. We have China. We have a lot of other nations that go into a place. And the best way to do it is to interject capitalism. Not the whole, like, we're going to give you a constitution like the Middle East and see if you can actually run under the rule of law, which you haven't done for thousands of years. But all of a sudden, you're going to be the great masters at following the rule of law in a checks and balance system and government instead of shooting each other. Yeah, that's not going to work. How you change it? Like we started to change North Korea slowly, how we did change South Korea, you interject capitalism. You get businesses to come down. You start building plants and manufacturing plants. You get people hired to do jobs there as opposed to actually coming up here. You actually create industry. You actually create competition. You create different products for the consumers at a low price to where they can afford it. And before you know it, you got a capitalist system and the government can't do anything about it. And then you start limiting the government. You start changing the form of the government because when people start tasting success, then they want more of it. They don't know anything better right now. It's a pipe dream. It's a vision. It's a dream that they've had as a fantasy to be able to come to the come to America with the streets paved with gold. They want a taste of it. And when you give them a taste of freedom and capitalism and success, they want more of it. And then when they realize the government's obstructing that, Guess what? The government's going to change pretty quickly because the people won't tolerate it anymore. That's how you change it. But instead, we got 85,000 Haitians on the way to the U.S. border again. So get ready for that one in the next month. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online. 
online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at network at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at hoosierreason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at network at gmail.com or find our contact information at hoosierreason.com. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back. Just the last couple of minutes here on the program. Great to have you along for the ride today. The fastest hour of radio on radio, really. TV, live streaming, podcasting, wherever you may be watching or listening. Welcome aboard. (laughs) I got some comments over the break about Andy. Like, you really don't want to take over Haiti. I know that. I know. We don't want to take over nations. That's not what we do as America. We're not colonialists. We don't colonize places. We don't spread. We don't take over for their wealth. Not that they have any wealth there, but we don't take over places just because. We don't. That's not what we do. We help individuals. We are the most gracious nation on the face of the earth. And I hope the left remembers that because it's a really important message. We are the most gracious. Regardless of what they say, we take care of more people than anybody else. The average quote-unquote poor person, not that I like to use those terms because that's kind of a wealth identity divisive term that the left likes to use to make us hate, you know, evil rich people and the poor people and the middle class people. There's really none of that because there's such a blend of everything that you can't identify. But that's what they like to do is categorize. But we are the most gracious. The average quote unquote poor person has like three TVs. Now compare that to a quote unquote poor person in Haiti or in Venezuela or in some other socialist nation and see how well that pans out. The average person in America has a lot more wealth, but yet they say we're evil. America overall takes in more immigrants than any other nation. That's refugees, that's immigrants, that's student visas, that's work visas. We bring in more people from other countries in a more diverse all around the world, more people than any other other nation on the face of the earth. But yet they say it's not enough. They would rather just open the border completely, flood everybody in, and have us just be like everybody else. There is a reason why are we at the top of the pedestal there. At least we are for now because it's going to change here very quickly and very rapidly the more we allow this kind of garbage to happen. So no, we're not going to take over nations because that's not what we do. What you do is you change the mindset. You change the mindset. You interject capitalism. You allow people to taste success. You allow them to taste capitalism. You allow them to taste the consumeristic side, and allow that to flourish and grow and see how quickly that socialism actually dies when people realize what they've been missing out on for a really, really long time. On the other side of the corn, we're at the opposite end of the spectrum. We've had so much of it that we take it for granted. We just think it's always going to be there, and then it's going to see a collapse here relatively soon because of things like this $3.5 trillion federal budget, which is absolutely absurd. Now, they're going to get it. I know they're going to get it because Democrats control the Senate, they control the House, they control the presidency. They're going to get their budget bill. I don't know if they're going to get their debt ceiling limit raised because Republicans are voting no against it, even the moderate ones so far. 
until they find a sweet deal from Democrats where they offer them something for their district. They get them on some special committee. They make them, you know, just uh, give them a little kudos. And then guess what? They're going to be all happy and vote for them. Be like, I'm support. As long as they compromise. Now, compromise is in like it's a three and a half trillion dollar. You give it to three point four trillion. They're like, you know what? We compromise. We did good. We got our part. We stood our ground and stood for principle. And all of a sudden, it's going to be a great deal. And we're going to get those few Republicans. You know who you are. Ben Sass out of Nebraska. Lisa Murkowski. Susan Collins. You know who, Mitt Romney. You know who you are. Where you're going to cave. They're going to say they compromised, gave a little bit, and then actually move forward. Joe Manchin's the one holding it up right now. The Democrat who says he's a moderate. And he kind of is. He's got to play somewhat nice because of the state that he's in is coming from a state that went for Donald Trump and is a conservative place. So he's got to kind of tread lightly a little bit. But he's saying, according to him, which is laughable, it's not going to happen. He's saying that he wants the spending bill to go from three and a half trillion to one and a half trillion. Now, I've said that I want it to be at least just a maximum, maximum of a trillion dollars for the entire federal budget. One trillion dollars. Figure it out. Start cutting things. Start downsizing things. Do whatever you have to do. One trillion dollars. That's it. Not three and a half. He said that back in, apparently back in uh, July, he told Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer that he wanted it at one and a half trillion dollars, which just isn't going to happen. The Democrats control things. They're going to ram everything uh, through as much as they possibly can. So it's not going to get that level. But what's it going to get to? Will it bring it down to what, 3.1, maybe 3 trillion? Be like, oh, we, we compromised. We cut some stuff out of there. At the same time, he is advocating for the tax increases as well, so get ready for that. Tomorrow, we'll break down what the taxes may actually look like, including, by the way, your new gas tax. Not gas when you purchase the gas, but your mileage tax. Average driver drives 13,500 miles for the entire year, according to the Department of Transportation. That would be an additional $1,080 in taxes that you would have to pay on top of what you already do with the sales tax on your car, the sales tax at the federal and state level on your gas, and all the licensing that you have to do in order to drive with the registration and your license. Now you get to pay an additional grand on your gas on top of that just because. That's the kind of stuff in this stupid bill. More on that tomorrow podcast going up in just a little bit back at it tomorrow stay tuned in for that to start a brand new month until then this is the voice of reason i'm andy hoosier we'll see you on the radio hey it's andy hoosier while you listen to the delightful broadcast of the voice of reason don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites whether you're using facebook youtube twitter minds.com or instagram we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.